You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Friends, today is going to be a good show and conversation, and I am so glad you chose to tune in to Behind the Bliss. There's a message going around right now. It's the message that you are enough. And although it's well-intentioned and it's an encouraging message, preach to the overwhelmed and burnout women, it doesn't always help because being enough sometimes is no longer enough. Allie Worthington is joining us in today's episode to sort through this. She recently wrote a book called Standing Strong, A Woman's Guide to Overcoming Adversity and Living with Confidence. And I think we could all use a little bit more of that, especially with the kind of year that we've had. Allie encourages women to draw strength from their God-given identities to overcome obstacles that keep them from reaching their full potential and living out their dreams and to walk confidently in the direction of their calling. You're not just enough, but with God, you're more than enough. So today's episode is a no-nonsense kind of episode where she loves you through truth and helps you recognize and eliminates the things that are holding you back from who God's created you to be. So if you are experiencing insecurities or doubt, or maybe you're on the other side where you just feel like you're killing it, you're hustling and you're striving, but you're getting a little exhausted, today's episode is just for you. Allie, welcome to Behind the Bliss. I am so excited to have you. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. I want you to take a second to share about who you are, what you have going on, just a little bit about you in case someone doesn't know, which I'm sure lots of people are like, I know Allie. (laughs) But if you can go ahead and give us a little spiel, that'd be awesome. Sure. I am a business coach and author and speaker back when we had events and we were all gathering I live outside of Nashville with my husband, Mark, and we have five sons. They're 12 to 21, which seems crazy. That is crazy fun. So crazy. And a golden retriever who refuses to retrieve. And another (laughs) golden retriever is coming in November because why not get a pandemic puppy? So Why not? Yeah. That's me in a nutshell. Not a golden retriever. It's a golden dog. (laughs) That's right. <laughs> we call her. We call ours a show dog because she's just for show. Oh, There's no trick. Sweet, but yeah. I bet she makes the best cuddler. Like those make the best Pretty family much. dogs. They do. They do. Yes, we have a dog as well, and he is trained to do lots of things in fields and swim and stuff. And I was oh, so nice. nervous about doing that because I thought Thomas, my husband, I was like, what if Remy loses everything like he comes back from like basic training from dog camp and then he just is no longer his personality um (laughs) that's not the truth they will get the personality back he's rambunctious and wild so i get it dog life is so fun yay for you getting a second all power (laughs) to you i've heard though that getting a second is easy because they learn from the first I hope, well, I hope that's not true because <laughs> if the next one learns from the older one, we're in big trouble. But, and she doesn't like dogs. I think she thinks she's a human. That's so it's going to be an hilarious. interesting, it's going to be an interesting mix, but we're, we're praying into it early. The, that's all I'm saying. That's all you're saying. The world is about to get flipped upside down for that sweet pup. That's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. There, okay, it's a message that's going around these days that 
I'm really excited to kind of dive into, share a little bit more about why it just doesn't work. But one of these messages is the idea that you're enough and like you can do it and put your mind to it kind of messages. Um, And you pretty much have an incredible perspective and speak as to why self-empowerment can be just as bad as self-doubt. And I'd love to hear you kind of expand more on this and this amazing book that you've written, Standing Strong. Yeah, I feel really strongly about this. So no pun intended. No, there's the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's the enough message. You know, I am enough, which I feel like is very positive, very good. It's led women to fight for their rights and you know make sure that we're we're getting equitable pay and all of those things, which are very positive things. But to some degree, we've been like, I'm enough and I'm good and I'm here. Mm-hmm. But I think that God is calling women in this generation to go, okay, but there's more. Yeah. There's more to do. There's more for me. It may feel uncomfortable. I may feel a little nervous. I may have doubts, but there's more. And that is a good thing that God has planted inside of us, this feeling. There's more for me. There's something that I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. I want to try something new. That's a God dream. But what's happened in this culture that I've seen for the past few years is this message of, you're enough. You go, girl. You have everything you need. You're the hero of your own story. You pull yourself up by the bootstraps and it's all on you. You're just going to hustle your way to happiness and hustle your way to significance. And if you do this and this and this, life's going to be great. Some of that is good. But when you separate that from God, you lose all the power. Mm -hmm. We, We aren't our own power source. I don't care how much we work out what we, how we diet, how we do, how we journal, we aren't our own power source. If we really want to find success and significance and power and wisdom in this world is with partnering with God. The difference between you go girl, you're going to do it all. You're going to be amazing. And you go girl, God's going to empower you and it's going to be amazing is subtle, Mm -hmm. but it's huge. Yeah. And the thing that bothered me so much was this message of self-empowerment when women believe this message because it looks good on Instagram. It sounds good. It's motivating. It's encouraging. When you get to a point in life where things go bad, if you have a failure, if you have a disappointment, if things are really hard and hello, think about where we're living right now in the world, things are hard. My fear is instead of realizing, oh, that entire line of thought that this person taught me was wrong. I I didn't do anything wrong. It's just I was believing a false message. Instead, they're going to go, oh, I blew it. Right. And it's going to leave women feeling like failures and feeling like they aren't good enough. When the truth is, God does call us to do great things. God will give us strength and wisdom and work in and through us and do amazing things. But it's not in our own strength. It's in us partnering with him. It's a small change, but it's significant. The fruit of the message that you are the hero of your own story, I believe, is destruction. And we'll see that more and more in the years to come. But the fruit of the message that God is the hero of your story, he has great things to do in Mm -hmm. you and through you, the fruit of that is joy. That's it. Oh, man, this Mm -hmm. is so good and so needed and so timely because um, I love how you're talking about self-empowerment like seems great, but it's not about us to begin with, period. (laughs) So the moment we kind of twist the narrative and we're like, how can I promote me? Like, how can I empower me? How can I love me? Our eyes get shifted and you can't you can't face two directions at once kind of thing. So you kind of have to pick like, am I going to am I going to glorify God or I'm going to seek 
attention, affirmation, all the things that I'm wanting, encouragement for myself um, to keep going. And I love what you said. Like, it's not, it's not from our own power. And if we draw from yeah. our own power, we'll quickly learn. It runs out at some point. <laughs> oh my gosh, 2020, totally. it runs out. <laughs> so what does it look like to turn from a place of self-empowerment to surrender? If someone's starting to identify like, oh man, yep, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I think I think that sometimes we go too far the other way. We go, oh, I'm I'm just going to wait on the Lord. Mm. So we'll see what the Lord wants to do in my life. And I'm just going to go over here, play small, wait in the corner for when God moves. And sometimes we think it's God moving when we feel confident or we feel comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When actually God's going to be the one who's going to get us across the finish line. But I believe he's asking us to lace up our shoes and to start walking. That's it. That's so good. And we don't want to go... We, the pendulum swings from, I'm the hero of my own story. I'm going to do it all on my own, all the way over to the other side. To, I'm just going to wait on the Lord. But I think God wants to kind of meet us in the middle and go, I'm going to empower you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to give you everything you need, but I need you to get going too. We have work to do. That's good. I, I've heard this before where um, if something's not moving, you can't change its direction. So exactly. Like, you got to get that ship out of the harbor. You have to. Yeah. Like you can't, one of my friends, Katie always says like, you can't move your car if it's in neutral. So like you can't expect <laughs> to go race somebody else or like drive in your own lane. If you're just sitting in neutral, even if you rub the engine, you're just not going to go anywhere. So what does it yeah. look like to put your car in a drive, take it slow, don't burn it out, don't go zero to 60, but what does it look like to really just drive well, take direction, turn right when you're supposed to. And and do that. And so I love that visual. Yes, I do. Um, I feel like though there's two girls, I, at least in my friend group, there's the girl mm -hmm. that seems to be like, okay, I'm going to hustle. I'm going to strive. I'm going to do it. And not even like the, not even like the striving. Maybe I say that wrong. There's the girl that is um, like, yes, Lord, like I will go. I'm so excited. Let's do it. That maybe has a tendency to hustle strive because that's just her personality. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like, I love my Enneagram threes. And then... I thought of threes too. I was like, those are the threes. <laughs> yeah. I love the threes. Um, yeah. And then there's the girl who is way more hesitant because she doesn't want to make a mistake or she doesn't want to be disobedient. Um, so it paralyzes her. And maybe there's like an inner mean girl that's judgmental um, and a serious, like she just is a serious critic of herself. So yeah. how would you encourage someone listening that's maybe on that side, that's ready to combat that inner critic and start kind of just like making a move shift out of neutral? Well, I think sometimes that we think the inner critic is like a higher version of ourselves, that the inner critic is there to help us and to help us do better. And, you know, she's tearing us down at every point because she knows better and she knows how to do things better. Mm -hmm. When I look at the inner critic as a really scared person, I like to think of the inner critic as like a mentally unstable nanny screaming at us <laughs> not to get hurt. Yeah, yeah. Like, she doesn't know any more than we do. She just doesn't want us to do anything where we're going to feel uncomfortable or have any any, um, any way we can have an accident or feel pain. Remember the movie a long time? Oh, gosh, I haven't seen it in ages. Mrs. Doubtfire oh, with Robin Williams. I love it. Yes. I mentally call my inner critic Mrs. Doubtfire. <gasps> yes. And I picture my inner critic as looking like Mrs. Doubtfire because – She's not this amazing put together version of me that's helping me do better. She's just a crazy nanny screaming at me not to do anything wrong. And when we learn to 
view our inner critic that way instead of like, oh, she knows better and she's going to help me. But it's just like, that's just, that's my crazy self, Mrs. Doubtfire, (laughs) trying to get me, trying to make sure that I stay safe and don't take any chances in life. It's easier not to give this shaming inner critic a seat at our table. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Seeing them more as just like fearful of failure rather than wanting to keep you quote unquote safe. Like call the bluff. because we're going to fail at a million little things all the time. Yeah. And there's a there's a saying in the entrepreneurial world that we want to fail fast. We want to like make lots of little mistakes so we figure out where we're not going. Like if you're trying to bring a business to life, you're going to try a bunch of little things. You, they won't work. And that's fine because it doesn't matter. You're failing quickly and fast and, and not losing any money. Right. But then in in the process of that, we learn what works and to move forward. So I think sometimes we need to take that entrepreneurial view of failure. Like I'm going to make a lot of mistakes, but in the process, I'm going to figure out what's for me. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Wow. A great mind shift for someone that might feel (laughs) super paralyzed or insecure or honestly, like so secure, it can be dangerous. Like sometimes I feel like when you're so sure of it, uh, like the people are like, oh, I'm just absolutely 100% positive. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I, there's, I don't know if there's such thing. Let's take a step back here. And so again, like on the other side of the spectrum, there are the girls that are like, no, I'm just going to go for it. Just like no hindrances, um, which sometimes could be super inspiring. And we see those girls on Instagram, like you said, but then at the same time, like there should be some amount of caution just because you do also want to be operating in a spiritual manner where you, with every step say, okay, Lord, What's next? What's next? Yeah. And sometimes when you're quote unquote so sure of it, you kind of just go full throttle and you might miss it. And you'll <laughs> you'll end true. up at what you thought was destination and it's like an actual desert and you think, um, I think I missed it <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I think we've all been there in some way or another. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You say that you have a five second secret to push back mm-hmm. self-doubt. I want to hear it. Okay, so this is really fun. Years ago, I read Mel Robbins' book, The Five-Second Rule. Love it. And the premise of the book is that our brain tries to keep us from doing anything that's going to be uncomfortable. The reason we procrastinate is like in a split second, our brain's like, nah, I'm not going to get out of bed early in the morning. not going to do this. I don't want to feel uncomfortable. I'm just going to put it off. So we procrastinate. We don't take action. Wow. And the way that works is as soon as you have a decision to make, she would count down five, four, three, two, one, go. And she would kind of launch herself into taking action to beat procrastination. And I started doing it and it worked. And I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. I'm actually tricking my brain and beating <laughs> procrastination. But then as I was writing this book, I was like, oh, the key to success in life in every battle that we're fighting is to bring God into it. Because when we bring God in the battle, we win. Mm, yeah. And so I did it with this rule. And so whatever I was facing, whatever I was going through, I would add a verse to it. So say I, I was really nervous to make a phone call or try to make a sale in my business or whatever it is, I would say, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Five, four, three, two, one, go. And pick up the phone and make the call or send the email or whatever I need to do. So I'm acknowledging who I am in Christ, what he has for me, and then I'm doing the countdown and just launching myself into action. And it was life-changing. Allie, this is good. Life-changing. So life-changing. And, you know, whatever you're facing, if it's, you know, Ephesians 3.20 works really well. Um, you know, but for, for me, the core of the issue that holds me back from taking action 
is fear. So I just remind myself really quickly, God's not giving me a spirit of fear. Five, four, three, two, one, go. And I force myself to make a move. And we, we sometimes get stuck because we dread making a mistake or having something go wrong. We don't take those chances. We don't go for it when we know that God has planted what I like to call a God dream in our hearts. Yeah. But if we can trick ourselves into taking action, even if it doesn't go great, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. And the more we practice stepping out and being courageous and doing things that we feel kind of full of self-doubt about, it becomes easier and easier. The word God gave for me that's in this book that he wanted me to have to be released right now, which I read it now and I go, wow, God's so amazing to give that to me, was life isn't going to get easier, but he's going to make us stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're now in the middle of 2020, which is crazy. And you know, when I was planning this book, I kept feeling like from God, him telling me that things were going to get difficult and I didn't know what it meant. And now we're in the middle of it and things, things are tough, but he is making us stronger than we ever imagined that we could be. Amen, man. This is good. And I love it so much because it really puts um, our spirit man first rather Mm -hmm. than like my body man. Yeah, because my body's always going to be afraid. Yes, yes, yes. And so (laughs) is my brain. And so, yes. It's funny how like our bodies have ways to tell us like I'm really anxious or I'm really scared. I'm nervous. I'm fearful or whatever. Like I'm frustrated. But then our spirit man's like, but you didn't give me the first word. (laughs) You wouldn't be maybe if you had spoken scripture over the situation if you had first focused on like turn your eyes upon jesus everything could potentially be different in this situation and um that's so good to remember because i have blood work coming up and i hate needles i'm gonna be like perfect love casts out all fear five four three Mm -hmm. two one just extend the arm as such there you go such a baby but from small situations to big i think that's a beautiful habit just to give god's truth the first word and, um, yeah, you even say that that's like God's truth about us is the key to living with confidence and doing the work he's called us to do. Um, which I think is so cool. Wow. I love practicals. This is really <laughs> exciting to me right now. Uh, so let's say someone maybe doesn't even have the inner self-doubt. Let's say mm-hmm. like, the five second secret. They're like, okay, yeah, that's really fun. But I don't really struggle with that. I more so struggle with thinking or really being concerned about what other people think about me. Maybe they've faced opposition. Someone's disappointed with them or disagrees with their decision and they just don't feel supported with something God's called them to. I would love to hear what you've kind of processed through standing strong about what we can learn from Jesus about disappointing people and that being an opportunity, obviously. Oh, such a good question. You know, when I first started studying about boundaries, I I was like, okay, I'm going to start studying Jesus's life in terms of boundaries. And he was perfect and he loved everybody. And yeah. did Jesus have boundaries? I don't know. I was a little nervous, right? Because <laughs> I can't teach boundaries if I'm like, oh, Jesus, Jesus loved everybody. And he always had time for everybody. And then I came to this little story in Luke. I think it's Luke 4. Jesus is in Capernaum and he's being Jesus. He's awesome. He's perfect. He's sinless. He's, you know, he's probably raising the dead and healing the sick and turning water into wine. He had been casting out demons one day and the people in the town went to look for him and he had gone off to pray. And he said um, that he had to go because he had to go fulfill his calling. He said, I have to preach in the other towns also for this is why I came. 
And the people at the Bible says tried to get him to leave. And he didn't stay. And I was like, oh, there are people just like me. If Jesus was in my town, coming over to my house, turning water into wine, telling me everything I needed to know about myself, healing the sick, yeah. casting out demons, doing all of it. And then he was like, hey, Allie, um, I got to get on down the road to Memphis because this is why I came. I would cry. Mm-hmm. I'd probably be angry. Mm-hmm. I'd probably try to manipulate him. It wouldn't work. <laughs> he would leave and I would like grab hold of his ankle above his sandals yeah. and he'd have to like drag me down the road. But I realized this day in Capernaum, the people were sad. I mean, it says the Bible tried to, to the, the Bible, <laughs> the Bible says that the people tried to get him not to leave. And I realized that the people were super disappointed Yeah, when Jesus left, of course. Jesus lived a perfect life. He did not sin, but Jesus disappointed people, good people, people he loved, people who didn't do anything wrong. Therefore, disappointing others is not a sin. However, we tend to live our lives like disappointing people is a sin. And who are we to take something that Jesus modeled and make it a sin? And I realized that sometimes disappointing other people is just a natural part of us living out our calling. Yep. And if every time we disappoint someone, we automatically think that we're doing something wrong or we're sinning or it's terrible, we're never going to be able to follow the calling that God's given us. That's good. That's really good. I've always kind of considered Jesus a yes man, you know, like you were saying, yeah. he was he was there for everyone. And although it's true, I think he was there for everyone in different ways. Like he, he was able to extend himself sometimes when he was absent, even just by offering us yeah. the spirit of himself. And we don't have that power. So naturally, <laughs> we're going to be leaving people, um, disappointing people, maybe even like disagreeing with people. But it still be an option to love them. It's a it's a both yeah. and, not an or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course you want the people, you know, uh, your spouse, if you're married, you know, yes. the important people in your life yeah. to agree with your decisions. But there's always going to be a lot of people that don't agree with your decisions. I mean, that's I feel like that's just a normal part of following Christ. And I mean, we can't make everybody happy. We see in the gospels, Jesus on earth had a limited physical capacity. It's why he said, when I'm gone, as you mentioned, it's going to be better because you're going to have the Holy spirit and I'm going to be with you forever. We have that limited physical capacity too. And it shouldn't surprise us that we do have to disappoint people because we can't be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so good. And so true. Um, I'm thinking even like Yes, it, it's so true that you need your spouse or if you are a minor, your parents' uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> agreeance. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying like, just ignore whatever anyone says. Just go for it. But um, I think that this is an especially incredible message for those people online that have online ministries or um, might have, I don't know, people that uh, – follow them. Like if you are, I don't even want to say an influencer, but if you are on Instagram or you put yourself out there or you say something the Lord's put on your heart and you do get the feedback that someone is like, I completely disagree with you, or I don't like that you just said that or whatever. I think it's always really healthy in those moments to kind of filter through like maybe, you know, is there something that I might've said this, this is like, you know, good call or good reason to go back to or is it that this is just opposition and that's part of it because yeah so good opposition is always going to be encountered when you're going in the direction of 
kingdom, capital K, and mission, capital M. And so I think that we need to stop being so fearful of men in our reputations, which is really a pride issue, and more so to say, God, what do you say about me? Um, and if he says, I am not disappointed in you, then there's your green, there's your green light. That's all that matters. Audience of one. Do you think oh, is so good? You're exactly right. The yeah, I'm preaching to myself. Huh? Um, <laughs> I I mean I I need to hear it because I so much. Oh, I just want people to approve, and that's not going to work. And I will waste my time, my emotional energy every single time. And yeah, like I said, you can't face two directions at once. So if I face the people and I'm like, what do you say about me? I'm going to be a lot more exhausted, and won't be able to do enough like we were saying earlier, or I can face the Lord and be like, what do you say about me? And he'd be like, you've been made enough. You're not, you, you aren't enough, but you've been made enough. And That's right. that is a lot easier to operate in mm-hmm. than the other. So this is good. When we partner with God though, I do, I mean, you say this, that we unlock so much potential. We maybe don't even know we have. <laughs> um, and you write all about living in partnership with God and we love practicals, like I said. So how have you practically found ways to partner with him in your life? You're a business coach, so you coach women about how to find him practically in their life and in their business and dreams. So I would love for you to share your secrets. <laughs> what is that like, oh, Allie? Yeah, I'm happy to. Well, I think the, the most important thing is kind of wrapping our brains around this concept of partnership and work. Because... I think for so long we've thought of work that's important or kingdom work as work that happens around a church or in an official ministry. Mm -hmm. But God created us to work. I mean, originally in the Garden of Eden, the first job was to work the land, to subdue it, you know, to essentially organize the earth. God's plan was that it was never just going to stay a garden. God planned for cities and civilizations and technology and Amazon two day shipping (laughs) and the wonders of dry shampoo. Praise God. Right. He partners with people to make sure things come to life. Like he knew that we would have a vaccine for polio and, you know, magnetic lashes, all these things, whatever it is that we are working toward, whether it's we want to write a book or we want to create a product or we're an accountant or a teacher. God is in that. He's partnering with it because it makes the world a better place. It is important work. It's kingdom work. Wow. And when we don't recognize that we were created to work, whether our work is maybe, you know, raising children for a few years or working as an attorney, whatever it is, we were created to partner with him to fulfill his plans and purposes in this world. Now, when we think about it that way, it, the idea of partnership is easier. God has always partnered with people. We can think about, you know, I think about, did, did God ask anyone else before Moses to help him free the Israelites? Right, or exactly. Did God ask anybody before Noah to build the ark? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about Noah all the time. Poor Noah. He had never seen rain. What a freak. <laughs> we right? love him. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he is he is building a boat for 120 years. Yeah. You know, if it were me, I'd be like, I hope I heard the Lord right, because yes. this is crazy. Yeah. But it, God could have just, voila, the ark appeared, but God chose to partner with people, just like God partners with you to create this podcast, to help people, to encourage people, to help them learn. God is intimately involved in all of our work. So once we think, once we get the concept of partnering with him and our work kind of set out, we realize that all of the little things that we do every day really matter. Mm -hmm. And sometimes women will say, well, I don't, I don't know if what I'm doing now 
is what God wants me to do. Or I don't know if the dream that I have in my heart to write a book or start a business or to do this, I don't know. I don't know if it's for me. And my answer is, if it makes the world a better place, if it helps somebody, if it encourages somebody, if it creates a product that people are going to enjoy, yes, it's great. If your dream is you want to go to Vegas and become a professional gambler, it's probably not a God dream. <laughs> probably not. Like, I feel like sometimes we overanalyze it. It's like, does this help people or does it not? Hmm. Does this help or hurt people? That that can be the only way we really want to think about it. And if it helps people, run hard after it until God's it, until or if God says, oh, no, this isn't for you. Let's go in this direction. So just that idea that everything you do matters, that your wisdom, your ability, your skill, your confidence, God is building that in you every day in partnership, and he is going to make sure that you're doing exactly what you need to do to move forward. It's what he has always done with people, and it's what he will do with people. What it does is it takes some of the pressure off of us because we, especially as women, we put so much pressure on us. But when we remind ourselves every day, I'm partnered with him. He is working in and through me. I don't have to overthink it. I just have to do my best every day. Things become a lot easier. Mm, yes. Oh, so many, so many good things. Oh my gosh. I'm just thinking through all the truth nuggets there's going to be to pull out of this episode. I'm like, I'm really, <laughs> I've got to re-listen with some notes for sure. Um, this kind of reminds me, I've said it in another episode before, but Psalm 37, 4, where it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It doesn't mean he's going to give you what you want, as in he's going to give you your desires, but it means that he gave you the desire you had in the first place to want it or anything at all. Yeah. And so I feel like if the Lord's given you a desire to love women or to speak or to hold a microphone and sing, or he's given you a desire to write like those, those are the God dreams. And those are the things you have permission to do because he, he planted those in your heart. That's not something your brain just came up with one day. Like, Oh, I love to sing, you know, that's (laughs) something he created you for and within you and your DNA, which is so cool to think about. Do you feel like there's been a time in your life where you maybe didn't partner with God? This is behind the bliss podcast. So I'm like, Allie, will you share your, your dirty laundry? I'm just like, is there a time where you feel like maybe you weren't operating in partnership and just kind of doing it Allie's way. And then you have oh, kind sure. of a, a moment, like a revelation. You thought, I feel like this would be easier with God. And this kind of stirred all this up for you. Oh yeah. I was going to start a whole new business last spring with someone else. I didn't really pray about it. It was just kind of uh-huh. on the side. <laughs> we were going to start this whole, cause you know, I'm an Enneagram seven. I love new businesses. This is just what I was going to do. It's going to be great. And every time I started even thinking about God, not even praying, I would hear a big, nope, don't do it. Nope, don't do it. And I ignored it for a good month. Like, I'm not sure this is the Lord's probably just me. I don't have anything to worry about. (laughs) Right. And finally, it just got so loud inside of me that I went, okay, this is the Lord. Because if every time I turn around, I'm telling myself no, something I really want to do, I need to listen to him. So of course I invested money in it and just everything had to fizzle. Wow. Um, because I didn't ask him first. Wow. Yeah. But you're like been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I'm here to tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what? I'll probably do it again in the future right. because I do it every couple of years. I go, oh, I'm sure that wasn't a no about this. 
Yeah. Or maybe that was just my own fear talking. And then I'll move forward and either it won't work or he'll get so loud that I have to go, okay, Lord, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and those aren't fun. No. Mm-mm. Those are like my most Mm-mm. uncomfortable moments. <laughs> oh, it's the face plant moments. It's fine. Oh, Full 100%. frontal. That's great. <laughs> so I'm kind of thinking in listener shoes right now. And I feel like there's a few that might even be thinking, Oh, that's so cool. Allie can hear God's voice. Like that's so neat Mm. to be able to be so in tune that you can be in partnership or hear a no or hear a yes or see a door close. And so I want almost to even hear like how you discern between God's voice. If someone's curious about that, how would you encourage them? Yeah. And let me preface this to say, um, I don't hear him all the time. Um, I will, I will go weeks with nothing sometimes. And I didn't hear him for the first time until I was about 30 years old. So it's something that developed over time. Everyone has a different way of hearing God's voice. Some people scripture will be illuminated from them and God just magically provides all the context in your head. And you're like, voila, I get it. You know, there's that moment. Gift of wisdom. Yeah. Some people kind of, kind of see a future in front of them and, and they move toward it. Some people are feelers. They just have a feeling about something. It's my mother. Some people hear. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Some people hear things audibly. I, I, I'm not, I don't hear things audibly. I think it would be really cool and really scary if I did. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I kind of quote unquote hear things in my spirit where I just know that I know that I know he's speaking. Sometimes I've thought he was speaking and as time as I've tested it, it wasn't him. It was probably me. Um, so I always like to say when I'm not sure, I go, this could be God or this could be Allie. So let me let me test it out because it says in scripture, of course, we should test. And what I've learned through the years is when I hear something that I would not normally say to myself. That's it. Yes. That makes me pay attention. But also if I hear something and it is critical or shaming, I know that it is not of the Lord because that's not how he speaks to us. The Lord always speaks to us in a voice that's way kinder than we would be to ourselves. Yes. Our own voice, our own inner critic or the voice of the enemy, that's negative, that's shaming, that will beat us up. Now, God will gently convict us, but he'll always do it in a loving way. So that question of, is this loving and kind or is this critical and shaming? That is a, that's a huge one for me. And if it's something big, if I feel like the Lord's calling me to make a big change in my life, I always ask him for confirmation. Mm -hmm. So I ask him to give a word to one of my friends who won't know about the situation. And every once in a while, I'll have a friend call me up and go, I know this sounds crazy, but God told me (laughs) to tell you X, Y, and Z. And I will say, Thank you so much. God is amazing. Like, you have no idea what that means <laughs> to me. Yeah. I, I normally hear him really clearly when I need to stop doing something or when I'm on the wrong track. Hmm. That's when he's loud in my life. When it's something, when he's inviting me into something new, when he's kind of wooing me towards something, it's more subtle. But And I don't know if it's that way for everyone, but it's super clear if I'm off the right, if I'm off the right track. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think it's so important. I love you brought up community and having a friend that can do that for you. Um, that's why it's so important to me to reiterate over and over and over again, to have that go-to either mentor or best friend that you know, and you can trust is spending time with Jesus is also partnering with God who can be the accountability or the confirmation, or like we were saying, you maybe want to be more in tune with spirit and God's voice and you want to hear him. 
to be able to go to someone that you trust and knows has your best interests at heart and loves the Lord that can say, I don't think that was him because this is what he says, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah, to have the exactly. person that confirms it. I mean, I, those relationships are so special and needed. And I think often overlooked. So please hear me say, go find a friend that can be that for you. They are the best. But this also, Allie, this is cool because this is also a a good reason for us to be obedient as women and believers who are probably champions of other friends to be obedient. Because had that friend not followed the voice of God and not communicated to you what she felt like she needed to, you might not have gotten your confirmation, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it it can feel scary to go, I think the Lord wants me to tell you this. That can feel super scary, but it is necessary. It is so good. It's a, it's a great obedience. And it's fun. I feel like those <laughs> moments are like, I get to deliver a message. <laughs> yeah. Um, you talk about in your book the six common roadblocks that hold women back. And I want to briefly touch on that in case someone's feeling held back. Let's just love them with truth. <laughs> what are some of those? Well, I think one of... One, oh gosh, I could talk for hours about all of them, but <laughs> one of them that's really important for women is the voices that we listen to. Sometimes we're just listening to the wrong voices. That's good. Um, I like to say that there are three different types of voices in our life. There's the cheerleader, and there's the naysayer, and there's the slow adopter. And normally you'd think, oh, I need to listen to the cheerleader most. Well, cheerleaders are great, but cheerleaders love everything that we do. <laughs> Yeah, like my husband's a cheerleader. My best friends are cheerleaders. I don't go to them for feedback on like a business idea or books because they love me and everything I do is great to them. They're my cheerleaders. Now, cheerleaders are, like I said, important, but we can't just listen to them. Mm -hmm. We have to have other voices in our life. The voice we want to control most in our life and kind of get less of it in our life are the naysayers. So those are the people that are always going to be negative They're always going to have something to say. They're always going to pick apart your ideas, not to make them better, but just to hurt you. Mm. They're they're critical of themselves. They kind of have a a bitter spirit, and that leaks out on everybody else. So when you identify, oh, this is the naysayer in my life, you want to turn that volume down to like a one or a two, Mm. right? Yeah. Sometimes we're related to the naysayer. We can't get away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But the third voice that we really want to pay attention to and listen to is the voice of the slow adopter. These are the people, when you give them an idea or you tell them how you're feeling, they're going to ask a lot of questions. They're not going to immediately say like the cheerleaders, that's great, let's go for it. They're going to ask questions. They're going to figure things out. They're going to you know, kind of put things to the test because they're slowly adopting to it. That's good. But once a slow adopter comes on board and is supportive of your idea or supportive of what you're doing, you know it's solid because they've put it to the test. They've thought about it. They've asked the right questions. I believe the voice of the slow adopter can kind of be turned up to eight in our lives. So we want those cheerleaders. We want those slow adopters. And we want to kind of dial back the the volume of the naysayers. Because when we live our lives and we're listening to the wrong voices, whether it's mostly naysayers or mostly cheerleaders, we can get on the wrong track. Mm-hmm. And it's really important for us to go, okay, What are the voices that I'm listening to? How do they affect me? How am I stewarding myself right now by listening to these voices? Yeah. Oh, that's a good roadblock. It's happened for sure. And it's happening. As you were talking through them, I was kind of identifying a few in my life. I'm like, okay, 
permission to turn up the volume, <laughs> permission to turn down the volume. <laughs> uh, if, if anyone's into Enneagram, I find the best slow adopters are the fives and six. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking that the friend that I was thinking yeah. of is that slow adopter is a six. Yeah. yeah. My, one of my best friends is a six and, she's six and she's always like, and what about this? And what about this? But then when she's on, when she's down with it, she's going to be a champion for that idea or whatever's happening. And she's going to think through all the worst case scenario, yep. all the places I can go wrong <laughs> and give me great ideas on how to avoid those pitfalls. Where a cheerleader will just like hold hands with you and skip off the cliff. I was about to say, do you feel like the cheerleaders are sevens <laughs> most of the time? Oh, 100%. It's going to be great. That's my let's husband. Let's go get some candy yes. and let's go for it. Yes. Yeah. He's like, oh, sweet. Let's come up with a plan. I'm like, wait, yeah. that's not really what I was talking about. I just wanted to see if it was <laughs> good at all, period. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, rapid fire question. If you sure. could tell someone to do one thing to help them achieve their dreams, what would it be? Stop telling God no. Ooh. Wait, Stop okay. It's no longer no. rapid fire. Can you expand on that? <laughs> well, I think God is God has given desires and dreams and ambition in our hearts, not ambition for ourselves to, you know, go buy a house in Hawaii or whatever it is. That may be it, but I mean God generally gives us ambition to develop our skills and to create things in the world whether it's a garden or a book or you know foster a child whatever it is that's good chip ingram chip ingram calls it holy ambition he plants this thing in us that we have this these ideas that keep bubbling up to the top even when we ignore them hmm. and what happens is we either tell god no with our words by saying i'm not good enough i'm not smart enough i can't do that you know i oh, that must just be me telling myself that, and that's not God. We do it with our words, but we do it with our actions. Wow. When he gives us a nudge for what we can do or an idea, we just sit on it. We go, I'm just going to wait on the Lord Mm -hmm. instead of going, okay, I don't know how this is going to work for sure, but I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other and and follow, follow these clues that I feel like God's putting in my heart. And when we do those things, we end up stop telling, we stop telling God no. And we go, okay, I don't know where you're taking me. I don't know if I'm if I'm up to it, but I'm going to stop telling you that I can't do what you're putting in my heart. Wow. And it's so cool to think even through some of my favorite Bible stories exist and have given me hope or testimony because they said yes when God nudged them. Like oh, yeah. David defeating Goliath, you know? Had he not brought his brother sandwiches, <laughs> he didn't ask God to bring Goliath to him. He just said yes with what was right and next. And that was yeah. being faithful and showing up. And then all of a sudden, his purpose was right in front of him. So I love that. And like we're saying, Noah, sweet Noah, thank you for being a freak <laughs> for and building an the ark. Thing about, the thing about life that I've discovered is obedience always leads to blessing. And when we think about blessing, too often we think that it's financial. Like, if I obey God, I'm going to win the lottery. Yeah. Wow. That's but, good. you know, you can think of Moses obeyed, and then there was the blessing of the Israelites being freed. You know, um, David obeyed, taking his brother's sandwiches, and he got to defeat Goliath. You know, obedience leads to blessing in more ways than we can even wrap our brains around. And when we're scared, when we tell ourselves all the things that we tell ourselves, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I don't have the resources, I'm not well-connected, blah, 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 we're disobeying. And when we start thinking of 
of trying to take one step um, at a time, kind of baby stepping it into our destiny with God as an act of obedience, it really changes things. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Allie, I'm like, if people haven't heard about your book, which I'm not sure what rock they're under, or they <laughs> are so inspired by this message, I'm here to tell you guys, go get the book. Go get it. Um, no, I think have had the privilege of reading advanced copy and skimming through it, and it's powerful. So if someone wanted to connect with you online or mm-hmm. get their own copy of Standing Strong, where can they do that? Oh, anywhere books are sold. Amazon's great or anywhere you like it. And then I am just Allie Worthington, A-L-L-I, on my website with a lot of great free stuff there and on Instagram. And my podcast is The Allie Worthington Show. Oh, and I have something new. Can I tell you about it? Please do. We love inside I information. Have, <laughs> it's just so fun. If, if anyone's into personality types and quizzes, I have a great quiz um, to help you find your secret superpower. Some people are encouragers, some people are super loyal, some people are brave, and it's on my site at AllieWorthington.com, but if anyone wants to text, you can text the word superpower to 55444, and you'll get a text from me with a link to take the quiz and get your results. It only takes about two minutes. That is so fun. Isn't that fun? Oh, I am totally texting at the end of this episode. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Superpower to 55444. Yep, that's it. Great. I'll add that all in the show notes too. So people listening, you can find it there. Allie, this is another one of my favorite questions and we'll end the show here. But what's something Mm -hmm. that you're loving these days that you have to share with people? Practical, shameless plug, song, like anything. Oh, hold on. It's going to be noisy because I have to to find this next to me. It's the world's best mascara. No way. It is. uh, I'm so happy about it. Okay, here we go. It's um, Boombastic. Have you heard of this? I have not. Where did you get it? I got it in an Ipsy bag. No way. You know, this Ipsy sample bag. It's Boombastic Lash Volumizer. It is amazing. I've tried them all. Expensive, cheap, everything. This is the best mascara ever. It makes your lashes both thicker and long. I don't need fake eyelashes because Boombastic is amazing. Oh, wow. I just got it last week. My favorite mascara ever. And all the girls said, amen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are my favorites. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what are you loving these days? And people are like, I'm loving time with my family. I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. I really was hoping you were going to tell me something I could buy. <laughs> yeah. Can you, just, can you just tell me your lipstick? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. like, I've seen your Instagram. Like, you're beautiful. What hair products do you use? <laughs> this is fun. Okay, Boombastic. We will also mm-hmm. put that in the show notes. I mean, we'll have yeah. the texting. We'll have the books. And then we'll have the mascara. You know what? I'm here to help women in all ways. That's all I can say. That's all we ask for. We <laughs> love it. Oh, <laughs> Allie, thank you so much for being here today and in- inspiring and encouraging us and loving us with lots of truth that we needed. This is amazing. Thank you, friend. It was great to be here. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.